It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. I've been in Alberta, Canada for the past two weeks, working on a pilot for Casually Baked, the series. And I was so fired up to celebrate 100 episodes of the podcast that I invited some of my friends from the Canadian cannabis community to join me for a Pedal Pub celebration. We got Casually Baked and then pedaled our way through Inglewood to Cold Garden, the funkiest local brewery with a super cool cannabis-friendly staff. When we got there, I sat down with Jameson Wellborn of Stewart Farms and Paul Dillon of Cultivated Solutions. The three of us enjoyed a pint and a chat. I got to tell you, it's so different for me buying weed in Canada's retail cannabis stores. I'm so spoiled having access to the Emerald Triangle's sun-grown goodness that I really don't know much about the different indoor growing styles that are critical to maintain supply and demand in Alberta, Canada. Nor did I know much about the licensed producers with flowers on the shelves. It's also different not having easy access to the testing data or being able to pinch a bud or stick my nose into a jar of flour and take a good sniff to explore the rich terpene profiles. I met Jameson and Paul originally on 420, We smoked a lot of J's and had some pretty heady flower talk, so I thought they'd be the perfect pair to ask my can of curious questions to. Whether you've got a trip to Calgary and Banff in your future, or you're just a pot nerd like me, pour a pint, smoke a bowl, and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just... 
Paul and Jameson. Thank you so much for celebrating the 100th episode of the podcast with me. What's up? Yay! Oh my God, it's so fun. I was on the calendar like, okay, when am I going to be in Calgary? That's the 100th episode. I've got to plan something cool. And so the Casually Bakes Pedal Pub was born. Yeah. Oh my God, so fun. And Cold Garden is a perfect place to talk to two of the smartest growers that I know in Alberta because I've got a problem and I need some help. I'm a California girl. I like my sun-grown Humboldt County or Emerald Triangle cannabis. And so I know how to shop for it when I'm there. And we have a whole different shopping experience. I can smell things. I'm, I can pinch a bud. Like, I, you know, you, you can. Yeah, yes. And so I've come here and I'm in the dispensaries. And, you know, I don't really know much about the indoor growing world. I don't know. You can't get a certificate of analysis on the cannabis plant. So I don't know how to shop here. So I was hoping that you could clue me in on the different types of indoor growing that is happening here and like you help us figure out how to grade this shit out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, cool. So tell me what you're doing with Stuart Farms right now. So right now I'm the vice president of a group called Stuart Farms. We're headquartered out of Alberta, but we're building a 100,000 square foot vertical aquaponics facility in St. Stephen's, New Brunswick. So we're very excited about introducing uh, responsibly sourced, organically grown uh, aquaponic cannabis to the Canadian marketplace as early as Q1 of next year. That's awesome. So aquaponics, let's talk about this. What yes. is that like? What does that look like? Aquaponics is a very interesting system. It's been used in vertical farming uh, on a number of different projects globally. Um, the founder of the company, Tanner Stewart, actually comes from that space where he successfully built and grew a vertical aquaponics farms focusing on leafy greens and um, he took that knowledge that he made and, and translated it into what we think is going to be a really successful cannabis cultivation so utilizing tilapia we have a contract with the boston fish market so we're going to be selling live tilapia to the boston fish market which is located very close to st stephen's uh, new brunswick so it's not too far in transportation so we're very excited about that um, I am not an aquaponics specialist. We do have a world-renowned aquaponics uh, expert on our team that we're very excited about. His name is Gary Chapman. Um, and we're going to be utilizing his broodstock of tilapia, which he sourced from Lake Nasser in Egypt back in the 60s, um, to produce the highest-grade organic live tilapia that hopefully anybody's ever seen. And, uh, you know, you don't really hear organic and tilapia together, especially live fish. So hopefully that's going to be uh, something that's enjoyed down in those large markets in New York and Boston. Yeah, because, you know, you think, oh, fish farms. Oh, that's bad. But it's like, wait, these fish are growing my awesome dank weed. Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah, so we consider ourselves... Uh, a living soil grow, but instead of utilizing living soil, we're utilizing living water. Um, our fish do not swim between the roots of our cannabis plants, as, as many people probably uh, think. When have imagined, right? I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm visualizing yeah, absolutely. right now. Absolutely. So Health Canada, as most people know in Canada, is, is extremely 
regulation heavy. So our, our we're building our facility to GMP EU standards, and, and what we're doing is we're taking the, the used fish water and we're putting it into holding tanks and then treating that fish water on a per batch basis to make sure that it's at the optimal PPM um, and nutrient level and load to enter into our facility. So as you're watching these levels and you're looking and, you know, I don't know what the things you're looking at, the pH levels in the water and different things like that. It's like, okay, things are a little high. We're swapping out the feeding system on these fish, right? But what are we feeding these fish? What is it? So we're feeding them a proprietary mix of vegetable matter and protein matter. And, and what we've found is that it's very important to monitor what goes in because it affects what comes out. And you can feed a fish anything, but having the excrement be of uh, a benefit to right. cannabis growth is something that you know we really think we need a, we need an expert involved in and we're really happy to have Gary yeah. on board. Need a wizard. Absolutely. A fish shit wizard. Absolutely. I just <laughs> All right. So that's one style of that's indoor. One style. That's a so, rare style. Oh you right, exactly. Yeah. This yeah. is something really special. So tell me what's the most traditional indoor growing style here? Um, typically what we're seeing is is either in a soilless mix on either drip to drain tables or some type of irrigation line. Um, a lot of companies are successfully employing rockwool cubes and growing in rockwool. Um, another popular medium is cocoa. Um, the, the cultivators across Canada spread the gambit. And is this like the crushed up shells or whatever? Like what is the, what is cocoa? What, I mean, am I? Cocoa coir is made from the uh, husk of a coconut. So oh, the coconut. Husk of a coconut. I'm yeah. thinking like cacao. Yeah. No, uh, cocoa is okay. really good to grow in. It actually doesn't retain yeah. water quite like soil, but it allows a lot of drainage. So yes. you don't have over watering issues. Like yeah, and the root rot. And exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, you do get good runoff. So if you're doing more frequent waterings, it's uh, a little more desirable. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. It, it all has to do with that grower's methodology, that lead grower, and, and how much, uh, how long a leash the senior management and the company are giving that grower, and and you know where they have to bend and where they're going to stay firm, and and you know you see uh, people running LEDs, you see people running you know double-ended Davidas. It's it's really. Uh, a personal preference grow methodology, and no one is, is, is a cut above the rest. It's really understanding how your specific cultivars that you're running are reacting to your specific methodologies in your specific facility. And so if you dial that in, it doesn't matter whether you're growing rock wool, soilless mix, living soil, or cocoa. If you've taken the time to dial in those tiny little details, those nuances, you're going to be able to produce some high-quality flour. What kind of nutrients are people allowed to use here? Like, I had heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that it's really difficult to find truly organic cannabis here whenever you're dealing with an indoor grow. I don't know how all of that works. Like, me going into a store, how do I know what I'm getting? So I, I think you really need to, you know, the, it's the responsibility, unfortunately, due to the current constraints that are placed under us under the Cannabis Act and Health Canada, uh -huh. we, it's, it's, the responsibility falls somewhat to the consumer, the purchaser, Absolutely. and going on and learning a little bit more about cannabis cultivation and learning, you know, maybe getting opinionated on it and, and starting to learn about the cultivation methodologies implemented yeah. by these growers. Um, I am not an expert in this organic field, but one problem that I'm seeing is that there isn't a, a standout one 
federal body that is certifying organic materials and where are they certifying that? Are they certifying how they were sourced and the inputs that went into that material or, or are they certifying that material itself and, and what does that constitute? And I think... And you're I, talking across food and the dairy industry and the beef industry yeah. and all of it. And okay. so my, my understanding is there's three bodies right now and I can't name them off the top of my head that are, are working in this cannabis space, uh -huh. but there's a lot of confusion and yeah. there is still... Because well, we're not even a year in, so we're not even a year in. So we're everybody's embryonic. figuring it out. We're all figuring out. We're all flying by the seat. Well, of it our makes pants. me feel better because you know, in California, we've made a real shit show out of things. <laughs> this is one of the important things about what I like to do is that if we can share knowledge yeah. and we can talk about the things that are working for us or the places where we see someone else is doing it better, and we can say like, hey. We need to get on board with some of these things. We can collectively make this better faster. That's one of the benefits of legalization. You do have a lot of people that are coming out of their closets now that are sharing information. I mean, you're always going to have people that are chasing proprietary information, especially now as the industry formalizes and crystallizes to differentiate. Companies need to develop IP, um, be that you know formulations in their products or even their genetic IP that we're now starting to see come out. But the issue is, like, you know, to, to truly develop something of value that you want to lock in, you need a little help. Yeah. <laughs> and cannabis has always been about the sharing and the helping. So it's cool to see that as we go forward, there's, there's players in the space that aren't losing that, that still want to build a better future for everybody. And, I mean, there are always bad apples, and there's always people that are just chasing a dollar. But you know what? The consumer knows better. And yeah. in the end, uh, you know, buying preferences will dictate where they want to go. And yeah. uh, it's a bit of a challenge right now in the retail space to talk about the effects right and that's where education becomes Paramount. the it will and it's the foundation from which all of this is going to grow in a really successful and wholesome way that's good for the business owner and good for the environment and good for the consumer it's like let's be really thoughtful about this and create a space that's good for everybody. And, and most of us didn't go to school to get the knowledge we had. It was passed on by other people in the community who shared this knowledge. And I know that speaks true for myself. And, and you know, I'm very passionate about passing this knowledge along freely to anyone who wants to sit down and have a conversation yeah. because that's how I learned it. Yeah. And that actually segues into what you're doing with cultivation, cultivation, what, solutions? Cultivated solutions. Cultivated solutions. Why is it so hard for it's me today? It's a bit of a tricky name. And well, a and I think Petal Pub and yeah. a couple of smoke breaks. Yeah. I mean, I may be Sorry. a touch more than casually baked at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's a celebratory. It's a bit of a misleading name. We actually aren't involved in any cultivation. Um, we actually specialize in custom education programs. So we got our start with our retail training program that it, we take an academic focus on the plant. You know, we approach it with scientific rigor and methodologies to really bring forward information that's going to help weed through a lot of the misinformation that's out there these days. Um, but, you know, given the regulatory landscape that we're in, you need a lot more than just that. So, you know, we really help people with conversation skills. We teach them how to talk to people, how to listen. Active listening is one of the things we spend a lot of time on. Because if you can really listen to the customer in front of you, then if you're empathizing with them, then you'll be able to spot opportunities and, you know, it becomes easy to round the sale. You know, I, I don't teach my, any of my clients to upsell because you just don't need to in cannabis. Everything's so synergistic that if somebody comes in to buy cannabis, they're probably going to need lighters in his head or other papers. Um, but, you know, it's 
it's it's a really cool and fun space to be uh, with the new innovation that's coming out. There's going to be more and more challenges in describing products to people. And, right and when now, you're talking about innovations, you're talking about the edibles and the concentrates and things coming on later yeah, in yeah. the year. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, the edibles is a great example. Um, you know, we're going to, in Canada, the regulatory regime is so strict on product packaging. You really can't have much distinguishing features between one box and another. Right. But we're going to have two products on the shelves, both potentially gummies. One may take an hour, two hours to have an effect, lasts up to potentially six, uh -huh. um, depending on the person and their biology. The other could take 15 minutes and last up to an hour. So, you know, it's going to be tough to explain that to consumers when, you know, your hands are sort of tied in a store and you really can't tell them that this is going to make you feel this way. Yeah. So it is about having that conversation, holding yeah. their hand. And, and telling them. them to listen to Casually Baked, the podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. It's a, hey, you got to learn from others' experiences, like Jameson was saying, right? That's what cannabis is all about. Well, and, you know, I think it's important, too, what you're doing about, like, educating bud tenders on not only how the products work, but also who's in front of you, like know your audience. Yeah. You're talking to a 60 year old woman who's just trying it for the first time versus the 30 year old executive who's grinding all day on their new business. Like, you know, knowing those nuances. Um, I worked with a company in the States. It's an online learning bud tender, but remove all of the vowels really difficult to talk about and I created a like a consumer education component for them like how to talk to these well, different people. It's absolutely people. necessary because you know every customer has their own set of sensibilities Yeah. and the diverse demographics in cannabis are you know insane everybody yeah. uses it That's and everybody needs to be able to tell an older woman how a cannabis lube works pretty soon. Yeah. Like that's gonna be legal everywhere and you have to know how to have that conversation. It's funny how many people need a bong and want a bong, but don't want a bong, you know? Calling yes. it a water pipe is, makes the difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what are some of the things that people are able to do now with like this limited scope of education that's available? What are some creative ways people are well, we, teaching? We actually like to teach our, our clients how to journal and how to how to teach people how to journal because that, that and a lot of people that are coming to the stores right now are, are new users or they're novices and they don't know what they're doing so they need somebody to hold their hands and show them how to do this. Yeah. So we like to teach them how to journal. You know, if you, if you teach somebody how to identify what to look for, mm -hmm. how to record their experiences, as well as yeah. give them a set of language to yeah. describe their experiences, mm -hmm. they're going to become more engaged in the process, and they're yeah. going to come back. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is about developing customer loyalty. Right. Totally. Before we wrap and jump back on the pedal pub to our next destination, which, thank you for setting it up, tell, tell everybody what we're doing next. So we're going to be heading to a privately owned retail location here in Inglewood, owned by some friends of ours, and they're going to be shutting the store down for a few minutes so we can take some video and uh, show you what purchasing in the Canadian legal, legal landscape really looks like. Yeah, so if you're scared to do it, we're going to show you how. It's going to be super fun and super easy. All right, well, let's go get casually baked. Thanks, guys. After drinking a pint of Cake Face, my favorite cold garden brew as of now, our casually baked gang pedaled on over to Elmer Nelson for a little Canadian cannabis retail therapy. Paul agreed to be my and your cannabis Sherpa on that Canadian shopping experience, so stay tuned for that.
You'll find hot pics and videos of the 100th podcast celebration with Petal Pub Calgary, Cold Garden, and Elmer Nelson Cannabis Dispensary in the show notes at casuallybakes.com. And on this momentous 100th episode, I have to stop for a minute and rave about the practice of persistence. I've always been a go-getter, but about 10 years ago, I made a conscious commitment to make small sacrifices in order to live the life I wanted to live. I decided to stop playing checkers with my life and start playing chess. When I conceptualized Casually Baked to the podcast, I thought long and hard about the commitment I was about to make. I knew if I wanted to make real change in destigmatizing the modern cannabis culture, I had to find ways to make cannabis education entertaining. I had to be willing to create highly responsible content regularly, and I had to have the audacity to build a community of highly responsible cannabis Sherpas. Two years and some change later, it brings me so much joy to look up and see the impact my casually baked perspective and storytelling is having in normalizing our cannabis culture. I'm excited to continue our journey together, and I look forward to creating more dynamic cannabis dialogue around the globe. I'm living my inspired life, and I hope you're inspired to do the same. Cheers to dreams and persistence. Cheers to being brave enough to live your best life. And last, but certainly not least, cheers to you. Thank you so much for listening and engaging with me. Keep messaging me your thoughts and can of curious questions through the website at casuallybakes.com or DM me if that's more your speed. You can always find me at casuallybakes on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I hope you'll rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And if you're inspired to add another can of curious member to our tribe, you know what to do. Puff, puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.